The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey, everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota. Listen, food brings out the passion in people, so let's talk about food together. Common Ground Minnesota is an online resource for you to do that, and it's 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 run by volunteer women farmers from Minnesota of all walks. We're talking big farms, small farms. We're talking dairy. We're talking produce. These women in agriculture are growing and raising the food that we all eat. We love to have a chat with them about what it, what it means to be sustainable and what does it mean when they're using pesticides and why are they doing it. All of this is available at Common Ground Minnesota website. It's commongroundminnesota.com. And then on that new website, you guys, there are videos, there's you know FAQs, there's topics, there's a great blog, all sorts of things, and recipes. And farm dogs, too, by the way. So there you go. Commongroundminnesota.com is your great resource for everything food and families and farms. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn. Oh, we have a solid start this morning, (laughs) friends. I gave a preemptive hello. Sorry, Steph. No, I think it's awesome. It means everything's all systems go. We've got Elizabeth Reese this morning, and I'm Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to The Weekly Dish. Yay! Yay! I, okay, our friend Stephanie March, I don't think she'd be upset if I said this, but she's not a big traveler. Like, she doesn't go places. So I get so jealous because I travel all the time, and she gets to sit with you and hear all about what you're cooking and your <laughs> life. And I'm always, like, so jealous. So thank you, Elizabeth, for being with me once. Listen, I'm so excited. And it's just so fun to be able to come and spend time with you guys on the weekends. And I got the best of both worlds because I got to spend time with Steph March last weekend and then you this weekend, which is really great. And yes, usually I'm the fill-in for you. Yes. I, that's that's what happens. I sit on the bench and I wait to be called up. And then I get really pumped when I am. <laughs> You're always our first guest choice. It's very nice. I absolutely love being part of this show. So, um, And, and this is just really fun stuff because we don't get to talk food nearly enough no no we never do and well i think you know and my sister's traveling but she's like your biggest fan so nice so you know how okay you people don't know this because you're not on the radio but when you're on the radio people that are in your life like your friends your family your loved ones they feel like they're having these ongoing conversations with you because they listen and they hear what you're doing yeah i had to remind my some of my friends when i first started this job like okay just because you you think you see me every day like you still have to 
contact me. Yeah. Because <laughs> like we're not, s- that's like kind of a one way friendship. <laughs> totally. And my sister's like, well, I mean, when you blah, 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 I was like, wait, did I tell you that? Like, I don't remember. And she's like, oh, no, I heard it on the show. I'm like, well, that's not having a relationship with me. That's having a relationship with the show. There is a difference. So I feel like I'm in that position with you because she stalks and listens to every best of the nest. You guys are very aligned in where you're at. I think in your lives, her kids are a little bit older, but Mm -hmm. she's still got school kids. She's a full-time working mom. Her husband works full-time and travels. It's a lot. Yeah. And she's just always like, she's kind of always on the verge of being on her wits end. So Mm -hmm. you're, I think, one of the first people besides like her group of friends and she doesn't have tons like to just be like, okay, this is too much. Or like when you sit down and you say you don't want to eat the food that I cooked for you. Screw you, kids. (laughs) You know, she really loves how real you keep it. Oh, thank you. Sometimes I think I probably reveal too much. But listen, it's just real talk because this is this is the spot we're at. Best of the Nest is the podcast that I do with Marjorie Punnett, my former radio co-host, who, of course, you know, from the Ian and Marjorie show on my talk for years and years. And we talk about how to bring your best selves home. And it's not like it's not like we're pros at this. It's a journey, okay? It's like yeah. a bacheloresque journey. <laughs> and we're in it for the right reasons. I had such a blast filling in with her or for you. I know. I did a story about van life. So you can raise my hand whenever there's an opportunity to share time with Marjorie because it's just so fun. And I was so like, okay, so I've been doing podcasts for a long time. Yeah. I was doing them at Hubbard and now I'm doing them in my closet, mm-hmm. the whole COVID life. Yeah. And like your podcast, like she's so official about everything <laughs> and she was sending me scripts and notes and I was like, oh, wow, this is so fancy. I don't do any of that Can stuff. Can you tell she's a TV producer? Totally. That's how it works. Yes. Totally. Like nothing is left to chance. Yeah. It's a good, it's a really good project and we, um, you know, it's home focused, which is, you know, essentially what a lot of what we talk about here is home focused. Yes. It, it's food. It's what we're eating. It's what we're, you know, when I'm around and when you're around, it's a lot about what we're growing and um and it just that's what brings your whole house together i've had two can i just tell you i've had two restaurant experiences in the last um two and a half weeks you know we live in the city so we're like restaurant people with our kids people are like what activities do you do with your kids and i'm like we go to restaurants that's like (laughs) our thing so but we have a six-year-old a four-year-old and a now one-year-old heathcliff just turned one last sunday so It's, you know, we've had periods of time where like a restaurant is impossible. I remember at one point we banned ourselves from restaurants for six months (laughs) because it was so horrendous. And we've had two in the last few weeks where it's been so enjoyable stuff. We went out to dinner on Thursday and it was just like, I couldn't believe it. We all sat. We had such a nice time. We did let the big kids use the iPad like at the very end when we were just wanting to have a little bit more wine together, you know? Yeah. But other than that, it was so wonderful. And we were like having fun conversations and I was looking around going, am I really in this? Am I sitting? (laughs) Am I eating food at the same time as everyone? What's going on? And I ordered my one year old his very own miso salmon and he ate like all of it. That's Ellie would order like the most expensive thing of on course. the menu. She'd be like, I'll have the caribou, please. Oh, my gosh. My other two kids ate straight mac and cheese, but Heathcliff ate miso salmon. And so I thought, listen, one out of three isn't bad at no, this point. No, <laughs> Now, where did you go? Uh, well, then we were just at the golf club. So okay. we were just really close. But we went to Longfellow Grill a couple weeks before that. And, you know, that's kind of like our neighborhood spot. And so um, they did really well 
there too. That's we, excellent. We like to go like to close neighborhood places yeah. when we're taking everybody. Generally, if if we can walk, that's even better because then I can always like zip with the baby. Yeah. If things start to unravel and then Jay can stay and pay the bill. <laughs> Works out great. <laughs> Let us discuss just for a second um, that baby Heathcliff is so cute. So oh, you got you. that going for you. You mentioned something about the iPads and I've wondered about that yeah. because when Ellie was real little, like that really wasn't a choice. Of course not. Um, so you go to restaurants lots of times and you observe families. Right. And this is not a knock families. I'm just saying what it is. You're all on your phones or iPads. And I get the sense that, you know, it's maybe like the only time that they've had to themselves for the day. So whatever. But it sounds like you do something different than that. I kind of have. Um, well, here's what I set up. I basically set up. I always bring color things like I'm a big fan of that color wonder stuff. Yep. Because the markers don't stain all over. So I keep those in the bag that I take, like the diaper bag, basically. So when we take the baby, then I always have the paper and the markers okay. for the big kids. And they can color before dinner comes and then we eat and then we like sit and chat. And then I feel like if Jay and I want to have like we ordered a bottle of wine. So we were each having, you know, (laughs) half of it. Yeah. So it was taking a little bit longer to have the wine. So I feel like if it's then at that point where we really want to stay to like have one more glass of wine or something, then they can sit and watch a show for like 15 minutes. Okay. And I also try to. Like at the golf club, we can, we can kind of tuck them behind the table and they can like sit in the corner yeah. and watch yeah. it instead of being like at the table. If we're at an actual restaurant, I don't do it because I feel like it's, I don't like to have iPads blasting when other people are eating. Yeah. And that's a weird thing that I've noticed recently. Yeah. Particularly um, when you go to the like grab and go restaurants or restaurants that are like fast casual people watch videos at full volume i know i don't I, understand that. i don't know well people talk on speakerphone when they're walking through places it's like baffling to me i don't oh, understand yeah, that it. is but true i think i try to really use it as we have a no phones at the table rule at home which i have to always tell jay like hey can you put your phone away it really feels naggy and annoying but that's just the way i have to do it and um, and so I try to do that at a, at a restaurant, too. And I only try to use it, the iPad, if it's like, if it's like we know that we want to push it a little bit so that we can enjoy things more. Yeah. Is that, I mean, is that like a selfish way? I don't know. No. It's not to like placate them, but it's just like, listen, we just spent money to go out to dinner and I want to like enjoy it for a little bit longer. And so this is the route I'm going. Yeah. No, I think there is a, I think there is a give and take on that. Right. And not all kids are good about sitting in restaurants. And I do think that it's important to kind of teach kids how to have manners in yes. a public place. Yes. So, yeah. So it's, I would, it's I would go for different. I mean, would it be, it would probably have been better if I would have brought a few books. I just, I'm trying, I'm trying to not do the iPad all the time. I'm trying to just use it strategically. Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking when I was in Disney yeah. and we're going to all these different places and the, I, the iPhone like you're in all these immersive experiences. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I wonder if Steve Jobs, I think about this all the time. I wonder if he had any idea, he couldn't have, how much he would change the world. Not just with this like device that you use, but it was almost like the invention of the car, right? Like yep. something that completely changed the paradigm for families, for people, for business. That has, like, if he was still alive, I just wonder if he would think like, did he, was it better or worse? I don't know. In some ways better. In yeah. some ways way worse. 
There Which you go. would be the same with like any life changing invention. But I totally think you're right. There is nothing. I mean, aside the car completely changed how people lived. And that is what the phone has done. Right. The right. iPhone. Not just the phone. The iPhone. Okay. Well, there you go. We have a great show coming up for you today where we'll have more just chitter chat. Oh, and we're going to talk more about travel. We are. Steph is in Reykjavik, Iceland, leading a trip. So I'm curious to talk a little bit about that. I You did an episode on Best of the Nest for October. Watch, read, and listen. We might steal that segment because... Do it. <laughs> kind of encompassing. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk about that. I want to talk about pumpkin things. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I have uh, perfected the Polish dumplings. So I want to talk about that. And we have lots of good things to share when we come back on The Weekly Dish. You're listening to My Talk 107.1. Welcome back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen here with Elizabeth Reese. Steph March is out with a travel group traveling through Reykjavik, Iceland, which I did not realize was such a great foodie destination. She had a geothermal hothouse tomato restaurant experience yesterday, oh which sounded gosh. pretty amazing. I'm dying. Yeah, uh, she's also been to waterfalls and fjords and those types of things she has posted um lots of of the dishes that she ate i I was trying to think there was one yesterday oh here she's had lots of drinkies which you know that's what happens (laughs) and then she's also had some soups some stews i just was looking at all the different things she's eaten and it looks really fun and i can't wait to hear about it when she gets back oh that's fabulous what a fabulous trip that's a great trip that you can do in like four or five days yeah yeah that's what's been so amazing about it i think for people who are thinking especially i don't know like you know i have little so the idea of like going for longer than a week is really hard so i like those kind of Shorter destinations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, She was really excited. She's leading a trip. Have you ever done that, Elizabeth? Yeah, I did a trip to Norway with uh, TCL viewers on a a cruise, and then we did one to New Orleans, and I've done one to Nashville, too. Oh, boy, that sounds fun. I'm doing one to Costa Rica coming up in April. Oh, my gosh. Jane, I honeymooned in Costa Rica. Okay, because I've never been, and apparently there's lots of foodie experiences. We're staying... We're going to some coffee plantation. We're staying in like a smaller, like 10 bedroom home almost that wow. they do all the cooking from their farm. That's amazing. Yeah. Is there room available to oh, go on yes. this trip with you? Oh, yes, there is. You oh, can find buckets. it all at stephaniesdish.com. Yes, that's really exciting. Well, I've talked about it on this show before, Steph, but I'm a big fan of Willow's Coffee. I'm drinking Willow's Coffee right now. And I met Viviana through Twin Cities Live. Viviana lives in Woodbury, but she grew up on a coffee farm in Costa Rica. It's been in her family for 105 years. And so she ships the beans from her dad's farm here. Oh, I need to podcast with her. That sounds amazing. You'll love her. She's amazing. And then she sells them at the Stillwater Farmer's Market and she's becoming like our coffee expert on Twin Cities Live, which is really great. But she's in Costa Rica now. I was at her house last week and then now she's visiting her dad. And um, and it's just really incredible to learn about the coffee production. Yes. That'll be what's going to be so cool about that trip. I'm dying to go. Yeah, there's coffee. Then there's also a cacao plantation. So we're going to learn about chocolate. And I think uh, there was a cheese making thing. I don't know because the itinerary, um, the lady that put it together has gone to a different destination and hasn't gotten back to me with all the details. The trip's booked. Yeah. It's all set. But she's got like, she's been to all the places that we're going. So we need to have a conversation so I can speak more eloquently about it. But I'm very excited. 
How was it bringing? I was wondering about like I've never brought a group of people anywhere before. Is that hard? Because you're with people you don't know. Yeah, there's some things that are hard, and then there's most things that are really great. I mean, okay. I think as far as if you're a guest, for you the host, there's a little bit more pressure to just perform. You know, yeah, yeah. just like Be navigate. Host. But the thing is, you're going with like a company and they're going to have someone there with you too, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then that person is the total pro. What I think is so fun is, I mean, like I'll see people that were on the Norway cruise with us out and about. Oh, and, that is fun. And we're still pals or they'll send me a message about something and um, and you just end up getting to know people. And it's so wonderful to go on a trip and have someone else tell you where you're going and at what time and not have to think about it. Okay. This I'm all, a big fan of that. This leads me into the Disney trip with the Mathesons. Okay? Yes. Oh my gosh. What an extravaganza. Okay. When he, Jason called me and invited me to go, I don't know, like maybe four months ago. And it was in the middle of like the darkness of COVID. And I was like, yeah, by then I think I just had my first shot. I was like, yeah, by then everybody will be getting vaccinated and it'll be fine. Well, of course, by the time we go, I think Orlando is like one of those states that's just off or Florida is one of those states that's off the charts of COVID positives. So I was like, okay, you just have to like get your mind around it. When we actually got to the Disney properties, everybody was masked everywhere, like a thousand times more than here. Yeah. Which is also weird because I've also been in Vegas recently and I'm telling everybody everywhere around the United States is way more masked than we are here. Interesting. Inside, outside, everywhere side. Okay. Yeah. So that's is really interesting. I've come back here and I'm like, wow, this I'm still wearing my mask and people are looking at me like I'm a crazy person. <laughs> um, but it was it's really I mean, the Mathesons, I I was like, okay, I don't know. Like I've been to Disney when Ellie was little, but this is food and wine thing and I wanna go eat all the food in Epcot. I mean, they planned every single detail. Wow. I didn't have to do a thing. That's the way to do it. All I had to do was open my mouth and swallow <laughs> the drinks. Okay. And they're like, they're, we had a tour guide. I mean, we didn't have to wait in line for all these fancy rides. In some ways, I was like, God, I wonder if this is lost on me because I'm not like, I'm not, a, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm not like crazy Star Wars. Like, I wouldn't wait four hours for anything. Me neither. And, you know, we didn't even wait. We just walked in the back door. Whoa. Yeah, it was amazing. We went on that Star Wars Rise of the Resistance ride twice. Oh, my God. And it's a 20-minute ride. The Star Wars thing is the only reason I want to go to Disney. It is. I would say that and Pandora, which is the Avatar world that they have at Animal Kingdom. If you can remember James Cameron's movie Avatar, which was a thousand years ago. I know. I haven't seen it ever. Oh, I know. Yeah. I think I would like to see it. Yeah, I think so. And there is a weird little part about sex because they put their tails in something and it lights them up. (laughs) But, you know, other than that, it's fairly kid safe, I think. Um, It is interesting because I think when they partnered with him, they thought like, okay, and he's been making the second movie for over 10 years, I think. Yeah. So, but it still really holds up. It's a beautiful ride. The colors are great. You sit on like a bike and you're going through this land. That's all 360 degrees. A lot of virtual reality stuff. Um, But it was great. I will say, okay, so food and wine, I had this expectation that you're going to be eating like this amazing food. Mm -hmm. And you are eating better food than you would normally eat in the parks. Because like Magic Kingdom has just basically the worst food. It's basically chicken nuggets and hamburgers. Okay. Uh, Epcot always has had a better quality of food. And this was a level above that. 
but I would say it wasn't still like your biggest food and wine experience that you've ever been to. Boy, that needs to be the next thing they elevate. I it, it I totally thought the same thing, Elizabeth. And I don't know if it's because they serve so many guests that it's really hard for them to do that. I don't know. Look but, at the Minnesota State Fair. Oh. I mean, look at how wonderfully elevated the food is becoming there. Every year it just gets better and better. It doesn't mean you have to do like a full makeover and you can still have the kind of like, you know, standard stuff yeah. that people want. It was, I would say, they're, they have made progress since I was there, you know, 15 years ago with my kid, but it still has some ways to go. Mm. And that in no way diminished the fun. You know, I uh, one of the examples was we went to uh, Epcot's China, China area, and the dumpling was good, but the sauce was terrible. Yeah. Like, how are you representing China here and you can't make a decent dumpling yeah, sauce? Come yeah, on. Yeah. And I wasn't the only one that thought, thought so. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, and maybe like in Kenya, that was some of the best food we have was in the Kenyan country. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it was... It was interesting from that perspective. The first place we stopped was France, so we were totally spoiled because we ate three hundred dollars worth of food in two minutes. <laughs> you know, As we you didn't do. pace ourselves. <laughs> uh, all right, when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit with Elizabeth about pumpkin, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin breads, all the pumpkins. When we come back on the weekly dish presented by our friends at Hornitos. Hello, weekly dishers. Spring is sprung, and that means the best tasting wild caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show. And that's because we are huge fans. Sitka salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because you see Sitka salmon is a community supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They even even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka Salmon Share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. We are back and you're listening to The Weekly Dish. Keep your eye on my Insta because I'm making a Basil Hayden punch this week that could be good for like if you're having people over for Halloween. Ooh. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not... I don't know. I'm I'm an okay whiskey drinker. I'm not an expert. It isn't like my only thing I drink. And I've learned to like it more because I've learned to really appreciate the subtleties of it. But I, I love punch. Like I love the idea of like party drinks and entertaining drinks. So I thought that would be a good fit. Yeah, that's really fun. I had a photo pop up in my memories from my friend's wedding 15 years ago. And we all had matching bridesmaid dresses on and uh, drinks with umbrellas in them. And I texted the photo to my girlfriends and I was like, what's happening here? Why don't we put umbrellas in our drinks anymore? Yes. Why have we lost the joy for life? Like, yes. what is this? And then one of them was like, what were we drinking? And I said, I don't know, but it looks festive. Yes. <laughs> because it has an umbrella in it. it. Always looks festive. You know what else is festive? Pumpkin. Yeah, girl. Are you, so I don't know what happens. Stephanie calls it like potato season mm-hmm. where the weather starts to get cooler 
And all of a sudden, your body like wants the tubers. It wants the things that are starchy and hearty. And I can't stop thinking about pumpkin. Pumpkin, everything. It's like the spices, the warming spices. And I, I'm convinced that there's... Now, I don't know. I'm not a health professional. I'm just saying <laughs> that I do know that like cinnamon is very good for you. You know, like all those yeah, types turmeric. of like turmeric, things like that. Those warming spices are like big Cumin. immune system mm-hmm. boosters. And so... According to research that I'm not going to quote here, don't at me. I'm just saying. So I think that, like, when we are really in tune with eating in season, I think it's best for our bodies mentally and physically. And then, and I think that's part of it. Like, you crave those spices to help boost your immune system because this is when all of like the bugs start to come out. Oh, I think you could be right. You know, I think when you listen to those cues about what your body wants. Instead of kind of labeling it as like a bad craving or like, oh, gosh, I'm bad because I want that. Look, like, try to look at it as like, what's the message that I'm trying to get here? And then lean into it. You know, there's a lot of autoimmune stuff that happens, too, as the seasons change. For sure. Like, I can feel just like I'm allergic. I just yeah. feel like I'm phlegmier and mm-hmm. I live in an oakwood forest and all these leaves and just the <laughs> stuff that's falling and dying. I'm like, Ugh. So I wonder if, too... Like your body is trying to react to all of those stressors and all of those things are inflammatory it's and all these things you mentioned are anti-inflammatory. Yeah. And not all stress is bad for you. So Look I think I think we should go for it. I think now we've really added some depth to the pumpkin conversation that you're frankly just not going to get anywhere else. <laughs> and I, because now I'm going to talk about all the sweet pumpkin things, which Bring would it. be the reverse. Yeah. But I did. Okay. When, when my, I was little, my grandma would make these, we called them maple cookies. And they were like a brown cookie that was puffy and yeah. kind of airy. And it wasn't crisp at all. It was soft and almost like this dollop. And then she would put this cream cheese frosting on it. Okay, so my uh, my father-in-law's wife makes, I think, a similar thing. She uses sweet potatoes in them. Yes. And she calls them sweet potato cookies. And when she first joined the family and started making these, I was like, what's happening with these? These are so good. And they don't look super pretty. They just look kind of like whatever. Brown dollops. And they're wonderful. Do you just have sweet potato or pumpkin? I guess you could kind of use it interchangeably, couldn't you, in a baking recipe? You can. You can. And I made pumpkin because I've just been craving pumpkin. But a gal that was at one of the farmer's markets was making this type of cookie, and she had a goat cheese frosting. Oh, hey now. Yeah, and I was like, okay, because I wanted that cream cheese feeling of like a carrot cake, but I didn't necessarily want that like super heavy, waxy, buttery. You know how some cream cheese frostings, it's like all it is is cream cheese, confectioner, sugar, and butter, and so you get that kind of mouthfeel. I didn't want that. Mm Mm-hmm. A little bit of goat cheese in a cookie like this on a frosting cuts all of that and gives it almost like a tang. Fun. That worked great. And I found pumpkin spice goat cheese that the humble goat makes and other people make it too in different um, varieties. But so that was like, oh, I'm going to make a pumpkin spice pumpkin cookie. So, so did I did. You, you used the goat cheese in the frosting, right, though? I did. Yeah. So you did like that. Half and basically, half. okay, so you did a cream cheese frosting, but you cut the cream cheese in half and did the yep. goat cheese. Yep. Okay, I like this method. A half and half. And I think I could do this same method like, 
you know how in the spring you sometimes make um, like a lime or a lemon cookie and then you kind of want again that frosting piece. I think yes. I would try this again with that. It really worked. And Jace, I, I did him on his show and he was kind of like, oh, I don't know. People don't necessarily love goat cheese. I was like, just try it. Because yeah. if you didn't know there was goat cheese in there, you'd have no idea. All you would know is it was a little tangier and a little less cloying mm-hmm. than just a bunch of sugar mouth. This is really good. Well, you know, another... Uh, speaking of Tang idea, so we had uh, Nancy Bergeson as a baking instructor in town. She's just a hoot and a half. She's the best. She was on Twin Cities Live um, on Friday, and she did a pumpkin spice cake. She did a couple things that was re- that were really fun. In her pumpkin cake recipe, she was out of milk. She had buttermilk, yep. which I feel like is the opposite of what normal people do, but she's a baking instructor. So she swapped out the buttermilk, and she was like, this is even better now because it just has like a little bit yeah. of that Tang. So not being afraid to swap out for things like that. And then she also used apple chips, like, you know, the dehydrated apples as the garnish on the cake Yum! all over the top. And it was so fun and it looks so festive. So then you get like the pumpkin and the apple thing going on. Zoe Bakes does that with like these sliced dried pear, um, almost like an x-ray of a full pear. Oh, yeah. like And she lays it around the outside of the cake. Oh, it looks so pretty. Zoe Francois. If you want a great pumpkin bread, Stephanie makes a good chocolate chip pumpkin bread, and I've not been able to find the recipe, so I had to find one that I just put up. But I'll put these on the Weekly Dish Facebook page. Smitten Kitchen, have you ever made her pumpkin bread? Oh, yeah. Um, I haven't made her pumpkin bread, but I love Deb. She's amazing. Yeah, it's really super good. And then pumpkin pancakes, obviously, kids like, and that's a good way to get some pumpkin in. I made an instant pot pumpkin soup. And instead of using cream, I used coconut milk. Ooh. And then I added like some of the warm curry-ish spices. And that really, I served it at a book club and I had apple cider in it too. And it was really quite good. And it didn't have any of the traditional dairy components. Okay, that's good to know. So if you're someone that, because do, do you have dairy issues, don't you, Elizabeth? Right or just now, one of the kids? Yeah, Heathcliff does and I'm nursing. So, I, so I'm taking you, it easy All your it. kids had this, right? Just two. Okay, so the yeah. first one and the last. The first one and the last, yeah. Okay. And there were are, similar pregnancy setups with those two, so it's kind of a... Are you better equipped to deal with it? I remember with your first one, it was so hard. I'm way better equipped to deal with it, and there's better stuff out there. Yeah. Like, there's just better things. And with, with my oldest, it was nuts and dairy, which made it really hard because a lot of dairy replacement things are, are nut-based. Nut yeah. So that... That made it difficult. But now there's like so many good swaps. I made last weekend, we had a little marathon watching party at our house. And I made um, these pumpkin muffins from Cookie and Kate. I'll put this recipe in here too, stuff so you can post it. Um, Because everybody loved it. And I gave, I sent them with my daughter for snack for school all week long. And she like loved them. And I added some Lily's chocolate chips. I like those because they're like stevia sweetened and then they're a little tiny. Sure. Um, And... They, I pulled them out of the oven. It made the house smell amazing. They were so easy, and everyone went nuts. And I, I had a little bit of extra batter, so I used a donut pan for like the last bit of batter, and baked them in the donut pan. And it was cute. so cute. Now, do you not to change subject here, but pumpkin donuts and yeah. apple cider donuts? It's that season. You have a donut pan, so yeah. Do you make cake donut batter and put it in the pan and then make cake donuts? Okay, this is so funny. I've had this donut pan for like seven years. This is the first time I've ever used it. Okay, because I'm kind of obsessed with the idea of a baking a donut. I think you totally can. When I did the muffin batter in the donut was just was in the in the donut pan was just really. They bake up faster than a muffin. I mean, Uh so you got to watch them because it's probably like, I don't know, 
two thirds of the time. Right. Um, just because depending on your donut pan, my donut pan is just significantly smaller and thinner than my muffin tins. And it wor- it works great. And do it makes we, them so cute. Do we trust Valerie Bertinelli's recipes? I think we do. She's got a pumpkin, um, yeah. baked pumpkin donut recipe that I'll put up. Oh, I think we do. I've seen, um, I've been doing a lot of vintage shopping this summer because I'm working on my cookbook yeah. and I've been trying to find some cool, cute things to photograph with. Oh, that's fun. And I've been seeing a lot of these donut cast iron pans and I remember my grandma having one. So I think I'm going to get one. Oh, that's a great idea. Boy, what a fun reason to go shopping. <laughs> Here I'm like, maybe I need to do a cookbook just so I can justify buying more stuff from my kitchen. You have to like, everything starts to look the same because you just have like two sets of dishes, right? And everything looks alike. So finding fun napkins or like one accent piece that you can use in a photograph because you're photographing all of these recipes and they just started to feel like they all looked the same. Are you so doing started- all the photos yourself? Yes, Elizabeth. Way to go. I don't know. I think it could have been a mistake, but I'm going with it. I'm over two thirds of the way done. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm continuing on and I figure, you know, if this is meant to be and it's good and people like it, maybe there'll be another one and I'll have enough money to hire a photographer. This is such a labor of love. Oh, I can't wait to see this. Oh, it is. I, it is. And I know people are just like, oh, she can't stop talking about it, but it's due December 31st. So I'm really in like, I'm reading my third draft. I made a recipe two days ago and I'm not going to say which one it was because I was like, um, this one wasn't very good. I'd made it before, but then I'm kind of an intuitive cook. So now I'm like writing down everything I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so I made it exactly as how it is in the recipe. Yeah. And it was way too salty. Oh, see? So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to have to adjust this one. Uh, um, Also, like cooking techniques that you think like, oh, I put this in for two hours, slow slow and roast. Well, maybe you didn't. Maybe it only took an hour and 20 minutes and then you like amped it up for 10 minutes to give a brown crust Mm -hmm. and that's why you did it. Well, when you follow your exact recipes, they have to work. (laughs) So I'm uh, making and tweaking as I go. Look at you, Steph. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? This is very exciting stuff. I don't know what that I found this career late in life. <laughs> I think it's you're like Julia Child. What, what do you think Julia Child was? She wasn't like a oh. TikTok star at 17. Like she didn't even start really cooking until she was like 40 or 50. Her number one thing is never. What is it? Never complain. Never explain. Like she would drop stuff and just pick it up quickly and move on. Move on. She would like I was on the Jason show and I dropped my knife with frosting and it got frosting all over his pants. <laughs> and I just picked it up and put it back in the thing. And someone noticed that, of course, in the comments on Facebook, like, don't eat those cookies. She dropped the knife on the ground. Oh, please. As if you don't do that at home. And yes, exactly. I mean, like, really. Come on. I know it's good for the gut microbiome. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now uh, we're going to um, do the Ask Stephanie portion when we come back. 651-641-1071 and you can ask Stephanie questions you can ask Elizabeth questions and if if you want to please okay Stephanie will get mad when I say this <laughs> just you can say I'm live on the air people it's fine we're not gonna hurt you we're just call with your questions we'll take them live on the air we're not gonna hurt you we'll That's be fine really good 651 <laughs> when we come back all right. That's Ed Sheeran. Doesn't he sound different, Elizabeth? Yeah, he sounds nice. He yeah. Sounds, it's really, that's a good little tune. He's got like kind of that pop flair going. 
I'm going to go ahead and post some recipes that we just talked about. So just give me a give me a sec. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, post Elizabeth's. Uh, is it Coco and Kate? Cookie and Kate Cookie is and the Kate. blog, which, by the way, if you um, that's the pumpkin muffins that I was talking about. Cookie and Kate is the blog that I go to for like all of my baked goods that don't have refined sugar in them. Oh, OK. So it's a really nice option. Do you? OK, so you have to like I, you have to cook for this family, too. I have so many kids. <laughs> and you like not only have to work I know. and like have a marriage. I have and to have bring home the bacon and, and fry it up in a pan. It's unbelievable. It's and outrageous. Every day you have to make stuff. Every day. I will say Jay's very into like Jay cooks a lot on the weekends. Yep. And then we have leftover things all week. So like he did last weekend he did his smash burgers, which are so good. And then the and then he also did a um he smoked uh, this corned beef brisket. That's oh, this yeah. Wagyu beef brisket. He gets it at, I'm afraid to say it, he gets it at Lunds and Byerly's, and I'm afraid to tell you that because it's going to sell out because it's so good. And he does it on the smoker. Yep. And then we buy caraway rye from Cecil's Deli and like build our own sandwiches at home. Yum. And it's unreal. And so then we've, we have that like all week. He'll do a big brisket yeah, like that. Yeah, so like a batch cooking situation. Yeah, so he'll do a lot of that on the weekends. And then, we, you know, and then we usually like eat out once. But I, I like that Cookie and Kate blog because if you're looking for like muffins or like like a sweet bread or something like that and you want to pack it in kids' snacks and stuff, that's nice to not have it be... Um, Packed with sugar. Yeah, that's just, totally. That's just like not my jam for the kiddos. All right. We're going to go ahead and take your calls. We have Joanne on the line. Hello, Joanne. How are you? Hi. I'm great. What can we help How you with you today? This morning. We're good. Good, good. Good. Um, I just had a couple of questions regarding sous cooking. Sure. Um, for one, have either of you experienced that at home? And then um, I would like to purchase something like a sous vide cooker. I looked it up online, and it's there's a huge, um, like gap between like low, yeah, low yeah. priced and high priced. I have one. Do you have one, Steph? I do not. So I got one for Jay for Christmas. Speaking of Jay cooking, and um, what I wanted to do with it was we liked the idea of like he's really into reverse searing things, so we thought like bringing it up to temp there and then be able mm-hmm. to just like sear it quickly. So I got like a kind of a middle of the road one from William Sonoma and it was like a hundred and I think I think it was like $140 somewhere around there for Christmas okay. what I have been I've been a little bit struggling because I didn't want I don't really want to use like the plastic the single-use plastic and throw it away every single time right. but I've seen people use stasher bags those silicone mm. stasher bags and you can put yeah the, and that you can use sense. that for the sous vide machine yeah I have a friend who had one and he was super into it for a month. And I don't know people and you guys can um, weigh in. I I feel like it's kind of a fad and that some people really got into it and that the rest of the people tried it and it was like, well, okay. Does Jay still use it a lot, Elizabeth? No, but I think we probably will use it more this winter. Okay. Because then it's more of like an inside cooking thing. Right. Versus like right now he does everything outside, you know, on the egg. Yep. The, the okay. big green egg. Two yeah. follow-up questions. Sure. So, Steph, do you you go to a lot of um, uh, discount stores or, or secondhand stores? Have you ever seen one Never. there? Oh, Never. Really? Okay. And I look for all that stuff. I look for Instant Pots. I've never seen one. I would just like okay. not get crazy with spending 
$500 on one. Like I wouldn't get the standalone machine. If okay. I would get the one that you can like clip onto a stock pot, which is what yeah. we have. Yep. And have it be, you know, I, I don't know. And like if you 100- love it, you can always go back and upgrade. And if you don't, right. sell it on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, which is the best. Right. And then the second question is, is it predominantly used for fish? A lot of people use it for fish. I think fish is probably really great. But again, it can be used for anything that you want to just like, like a reverse sear of a steak or a pork chop is awesome with it because you can just get it to the temperature that you want. So like you could get it to like 110 is probably where you want to go, you know, for like a steak and then sear it in a cast iron skillet. And, and then you're only going to sear it on the outside for like two minutes and reverse searing just means that you're bringing the whole thing up to like edible temperature. And then you're going to sear it at the end versus searing it at the beginning and then like having it cook through after that yeah, dry it out yeah because right. it dries it out all right joanne okay. let us know how it goes for you we're gonna go Love on you. to the next call Thank you. yeah thanks joanne you can always send us a picture of your wins and losses we're gonna go on to barb hi barb <laughs> barb are you there hang on i think barb had some questions about elizabeth's recipes Ooh, barb are you there hon yes i am hi, hi. barb welcome hi I, what I'd like is a recipe when you re- referenced, Elizabeth, the smash burger. Yeah. And I would love that recipe. Okay, I can get it for you because we made it on a segment on Twin Cities Live um, a few months ago. So, and it's on the website. So I'll get it. I'll okay. get it to Steph. She'll post it on the Facebook page. And Perfect. he based it off of a recipe from Bon Appetit. And I'll give you the little short of it is that you include uh, really finely chopped mushrooms in with the ground beef. Right. Ooh, Elizabeth, yeah. I found it. Great. Oh, okay. Wonderful. So I'll go ahead Thank and get you. that posted. Jay Smash Burgers. Thank Listen, you. they're famous. I posted a picture of them and then all the neighbors were like, um, hey, what, why, excuse me, what's happening at your house? Like, why are we not in on this? So Jay got oh, heckled the next it. day. Yeah, they're totally amazing. I very rarely want to go out for a burger now that we eat these at home. Because you oh. got that going for you. They're nice. So yeah. uh, okay, yeah. thanks, Barb. Thank Thank All right, and <laughs> we're going to take Stephanie's call. She's got a question about pork. Hi, Stephanie. Ooh, great. Hi. Hi. I have a question about, um, I'm going to make a beef wellington next weekend. Ooh, and I'm fancy. Checking prices for beef tenderloins, and I was a little shocked. And yes. I was wondering if you had any suggestions on butchers or grocery stores that I should check out that have reasonable prices and good product. I just want to say that the reasonable price situation as it has come to beef is not really happening right now. It's expensive. I was, I went and bought a chuck roast, which in the day was like the cheapest cut of meat you could buy. We grew up on chuck roast. It was $20 for, I think it was a four pound pot roast essentially. Yeah. I was stunned. <laughs> I haven't bought meat in a while. So I was like, oh my gosh. Um, there are lots of great butchers. And uh, like, I like the one uh, in Uptown. I like, uh, there's St. Paul Meats. St. Paul Meats is spendy, but it's great. I like Clancy's. If I'm going to go for it with a beef, like if if you're making a beef Wellington, the whole dish is the quality of that beef. So I'd probably just go for it. If you are, here's something interesting about Costco that I found out. 
different Costco's have different prices mm. on meat. So the Costco Ooh. in St. Louis Park that I can't stand, that I basically will probably never walk into again. It was a horrendous experience. I'm emotionally scarred from Me the too. one time I went there. Me too. And they charge like literally 20% more for their meats. No way. Yeah. So oh, that Woodbury one I like very much. Yeah. That one is a little um, spendy too, though, Elizabeth. They it say is? those two are the most expensive. Yep. What? On meats. Yeah. Oh, then I'm going to head to Burnsville. So, yeah, drive out a little bit. <laughs> Whatever you save in gas, you'll spend on your meats. I don't know. They've got these new sheepskin rugs out that I like. I got to get a couple more of those for my oh, house those at Costco. Are fun. They're really those great. Are fun. That's, but that's not why you called, Barb. <laughs> no. Did we help you at all other than just to tell you? I mean, obviously, Lunds and Byerly's has a good meat I, market. Also, like, I mean, the thing about meat, too, the way to get like great meat at the better price is to know your farmer and to buy order in bulk, like buy a half, a quarter of a cow. And I know that's probably not not an option for you for next weekend, but it is about kind of thinking about that ahead of time and what are some things that you want to make throughout the year and then stocking your freezer. And if you don't have a deep freezer, you could get that at Costco. You can. That's where I got mine. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate your All right. Yeah. Sorry that, was, that we don't like a have a better no, answer to why is beef so expensive, but it's that hard. is what it is. At least now I know. Yeah. yeah. It's not just you. <laughs> uh, Patty has a question about cauliflower crust. Ooh. Patty, what can we help you with? Well, I was trying, I tried to make, um, I made a couple pieces yesterday with a cauliflower crust and I'm trying to go, um, kind of a keto friendly, uh, um, diet, which is kind of like a trick and a half. So um, it came out too soggy. I, I think the crust was too soggy. It was, um, I had it on um, on a on um, aluminum um, pizza pie pan, and then I put uh, parchment paper on top of that. It was really simple with just a half uh, cauliflower and half um, cheese, like mozzarella cheese. All and right. I did, and I did full fat because that's better on the keto and then just a, a little bit of egg to bind it and um yeah it was kind of okay. a little bit soggy so when we come back it next yeah. yeah patty when we come back we'll answer your question we're gonna go ahead and take a break and on the other side non-soggy crust <laughs> yeah.